Welcome to the Approaching the Natural podcast with me, your host, Sid Garza-Hillman. This is episode 215, everybody. Buckle in. Here we go. Hello, small steppers. Sid here. Yeah, it was my voice on the intro. Here's a, here's a short story. If you're just joining me because you heard me just speak at the Costa Mesa SoCal Veg Fest, this is going to be not anything abnormal from any other opening that I've ever done. It's just this way. So glad you're here. Buckle in. Have some fun with me for the for the for the crying out loud. Um, last week I had my daughter do an intro. It was on my other computer that I use for mostly for podcasting. But now I'm traveling and I forgot to bring that. Way. It's a long story. I don't want to even want to tell it. It's exhausting for me to retell this whole story. So I had to make up an intro. Now could I've used the old one? Yeah, but it's the old one. It's the old one. So I'm done with it. I'm it's just I'm it's dead to me. That old intro is dead to me. Very very lovely woman who did that for me, Melissa, and um, but it's out of date. It's out of date, and so here I am bringing you this week's episode, episode two fifteen. You guys, can you believe it? Can you believe it? I I you probably have no problem believing it. I can't believe it. Two hundred fifteen weeks in a row. I've come to you now. Where am I? You ask, I'm in Costa Mesa, California, in my hotel room, and I got to tell you, like, it's an embassy suites. Look, I'm a podcaster. This is, I'm not saying I'm the freaking Ritz-Carlton here. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so it's, but not bad. There's a, there's a desk here with a desk chair and lamps and plugs. It is ripe for the podcasting. That's, it's ripe for the pod. No problem setting this up. Just great. I'm very comfortable here. Enjoying myself an amber ale. Yeah, there's a bar in the lobby, and I felt guilty about not. I felt like there was an unspoken pressure on me from the hotel staff for me to go down and buy a an amber ale. I just, I don't know. It's a, is it my perception? Yes, but I think it's pretty, uh, pretty right on. If you're just joining me, um, again, if you heard me speak, then this is maybe not going to be that big of a surprise. My focus in my life is to teach people how to live happier and healthier, how to, how to teach them to do that better and easier via my unique small steps approach. And mostly, as I discussed to many of people who came by the, ta- the Stanford and table where I was sitting today, when I wasn't doing my talks, that is, uh, it's a bigger picture than food. So while I'm a nutritionist, and then that's good because I can head off sort of arguments about that whole nonsense, I can also say, yeah, but let's not think about food right now. What? Yeah, let's not think about food right now because that's an expression of how healthy you want to be or how well you treat yourself or there's a whole bunch of things that come into that. For me, it's the ideas behind any label, of course, but it's also just the ideas and thinking about things and how to build in Time for yourself to assess your own life from time to time, to consider the life you want to live from time to time, how easy it is that we get swept up into the madness. Um, And sometimes it's great madness, like having kids and, and work that we love to do, but there's a balance to be had. And what I was thinking about today is it's kind of like the overknowledge problem. There's like an overknowledge problem. We, we learn, 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 and there has to be a better balance to be had, in my opinion, which is learn, but also live. And and when there's when the, when it's out of balance, in, in really in either way, if you think about it, like if you're just out there living and you're kind of going by the seat of your pants, there could be imbalance there too because maybe you need to learn more. Maybe it's not serving you well what you're doing. But on the other hand, you then start to learn more, and then you just don't stop researching and learning and learning and learning, and all of a sudden, living falls by the wayside. 
How do we balance that out a little bit? Why, how can we avoid the over-knowledge problem? We do that by simultaneously learning things maybe in the world about food or fitness or whatever, you know, when we decide we want to live healthier and happier, but then not forgetting and, and really like doing that in such, a, in such a way that it still allows us plenty of time to live along the way. Not, well, I'll change when I learn enough. Well, I'll always keep learning because there's always more to be had. And this is a weird thing for me because obviously a lot of my approach, um, well, most of it, nutritionally, most all of it is is research-based. All of it is science-based. It's I have opinions about that. Of course, there's lots of research showing the exact opposite. All the more reason for me to say, well, wait a second here because we can get in this mired down in, this, in the slog of well, I saw a study and you saw a study and my studies and your studies. and Or we can say, okay, well, is it possible to live this way or, or eat a certain way and be happy? Okay, fine, but now let's talk, not, not, not talk about food anymore because now let's talk about actually how, how, how we can live healthier and happier and how food can be one of the tools that allows us to do that, one of the tools that can minimize stress or cause more stress, but one of them. And we can sort of move on. But it's a weird thing for me because... Of course, I want you guys to learn stuff. I'm here to teach you stuff. I'm here to, to do that, but I'm also always going to kind of keep people in check. When I teach nutrition classes at the wellness center where I work, the Stanford Inn, I'm always quick before I get into the nitty-gritty of nutrition to say, look, I'm going to teach you all you need to know here, but understand that when you walk out that door, you're, there is a life to be lived. And unless this is interesting to you as a, as a job or a, or a hobby, Go live your life and focus on doing other stuff. Learn just enough so that you don't have to think about stuff anymore. And that's a very liberating way to live your life. I, I know enough about fitness personally, for instance, that I don't have to read books on running anymore. I know how to pull that off in a way that makes me happy doing it. I don't get injured. I feel great. I recover fast because I know enough. Now, if the game changed and I thought at age 48, you know what? I'm going pro. I'm going pro. Now, that would be kind of nutty, nut, nut. I wouldn't hold it against me. I would hope that it sort of fits into the entirety of my life and doesn't, you know, sacrifice my family life, for instance. But let's just say I decided to go pro. Well, then I would do the the reading like I've done the reading to find out about how to podcast when I wanted to podcast. But then there was a moment where I did the research for a few months on podcasting. I listened to a whole bunch of podcasts. I read about the technology and what I need and the program. I learned how to use GarageBand. And then it was like... I got to move or not move on this. Like I can I can keep doing this forever or I can just freaking start podcasting. And that's a scary thing, but it was also a very liberating thing and also a very enlivening thing. Well, the same thing goes for food. It's like you can keep learning this stuff and learning this stuff, but at some point start the transition to eating better to a point that works for you, but you're now living. How great that is. Same thing again with fitness. If I wanted to go pro, I would do a whole bunch more reading. I would work with a with a coach and 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 I would be right there. But again, it's about your life. It's about the life you want to live. More importantly, it's about the person that you truly are. And this process that I talk about every week, my unique small steps approach, is about letting that person out. Either last week or the week before was let letting myself go. Let that person out. Let him let him go into the world. Let her go into the world and see how how that flies. It's kind of scary, and that's why I ease people in because it is it's an exciting but sometimes terrifying thing to let the person that you already are out. Man, how's that fly? Yeah, right. Cool. Couldn't be better. I mean, couldn't be better. But it doesn't mean it's not it. You know, it doesn't mean it's one hundred percent easy. Thank goodness. 
Thank goodness it's not 100% easy. And I was thinking the other day also that I don't sell easy. Not one time in 215 episodes have I ever said that my approach is the easiest one out there. It's not. Losing 15 pounds in whatever, how many days is, is easy. It's a quick fix. I don't sell that because what I sell is real. What I sell is losing weight if that's your deal. But whatever you're doing is doing it long term, making it last forever. There's struggle associated with that. Great, because when you get there and when you learn how to be that person, it's earned and it's real and it's confidence building. On the airplane down here uh, a couple days ago, uh, I was sitting next to this woman and she grabbed the Alaskan Airlines you know, magazine thingamajig and um, she's flipping through it and I can kind of see her out of the corner of my eye and she settles, of course, on this article that is, lose. I lost 15 pounds in 10 days and it's, and it's the, the before and after shot and, it's, and it's, it's so, the pull is so massive and I think I, I might have talked about this with Howard Jacobson. I just did an, uh, um, I was guesting on his podcast, the Plant Yourself podcast, which I'll post when that goes live. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's such a draw. I mean, it, I was a tr- like, I glanced over like, well, how did she, I'm thinking to myself, how did she do that? That's amazing. And, and in, in a moment, I, I catch myself and I go, whoa, got me. Like it's so, it, the draw is nuts. It's so much of a drug to just see that, those words and how they speak to that part of our brain that goes, yes, I want less stress. Yes, I want health and happiness with minimal output, maximum input with minimal output. It's just not real. And I, doing this for years that I do this, I've been doing this job for years now that I've been talking about my small steps approach and yet I'm still kind of looking at that for a second. And it, uh, probably five, six seconds goes by before I go, whoa, my goodness, like how much of a draw that is. So it can, it, it's, it's not easy, everybody. It's not. And I'm, I'm just glad it's not easy. But what I will tell you is I don't sell easy, but I sell easier. And that's what I really believe because I believe that the work associated with true change is work, but I believe when you ease yourself in in, in a way that, that you understand it works for you, you're minimizing the struggle. You are making it as easy as possible. You're just not making it easy, but you're making it easier. And there's a distinction to be had there because if it's not easier, the chances of burnout go way up. And, and I am happy that I am playing a part in people's lives to teach them how to know when they're taking on too much, that it's not up to me as a coach to say, here's how much you should increase your step, that it's up to me as a coach to say, here's how you can learn how to check in with yourself in moments to know when you're overwhelmed. Here's how you can know when you are, you know, falling for overknowledge. Here's how you know when you know that you're stagnant, that you're not taking on enough. Here's how you know when you're kind of in that right adaptive stress kind of place and you're taking on just the right thing and you're seeing that forward momentum and you're understanding that you are making your life healthier and happier as fast as you possibly can because it's real. It's real. And uh, anyway, so that's what that is. Yeah, good, done. Okay, guys, I'll see you next week. Um, Anyway, so the SoCal Veg Fest, Nice, fun, uh, thousands. I cannot the busiest the busiest veg fest I've ever been to. And New York is like busy, but this one was insane. Not a moment of. I mean, there was a, okay. So then I have to admit something to you. Next to me, 
Uh, there was a booth selling this stuff called, and I'm not connected with them at all, except for they're just very nice. Uh, Creo Brew. It was called Creo Brew. And it is a coffee substitute. Now, of course, the hair on the back of my neck goes up. I'm like, this is, should be illegal. Nobody should be trying to sell something that is a coffee substitute. It's just wrong. But I tried it, wanting to not like it, and I liked it. Very odd for me. 100% made out of cacao, ground up, brewed like coffee. Really good. It was really good. Like, I'm probably going to start drinking it. Isn't that weird? So I, I have a bag in my bag. I have a bag of their Creo brew in my bag. I'm going to start brewing it. I may be drinking it during podcasts. I will let you know when that happens. Um, so that was kind of cool. And um, so that was nice. I got to hang out with them. They were very cool. A lot of good people. Some podcast listeners came by. Some YouTube watchers of me came by. And very cool to just kind of see uh, some folks. In person, always always uh, you know appreciate that. I value that. Let me just put it that way. Anyway, my talks went fine. Decent turnouts at both talks. Um, my only you know my only negative I would say if at all is that the the speaking area is in with all the the uh, tables and stuff, and it's like cr- crazy loud. Like I would walk outside, my ears would just be like, Boo, you know. So anyway, that was my only negative, but it was great. Okay, so if you're just joining me, you don't know really anything about me, but you might, because why would you come here anyway? Go to SidGarzaHillman.com, and you can learn everything about me there. You can find links to all my social media. You can watch all my YouTube channel. All my YouTube videos are on my website. They automatically go on there. When I post one, I'm posting two a week these days. Uh, the OMMW, my one-minute midweek, getting some really good responses for that. I'm keeping that going. I post that every Thursday morning. And um, and then I post my normal vloggy thing, usually Monday morning if I'm traveling, maybe Tuesday morning, but around the first of the week. And then the OMMW, the one minute midweek is midweek. See the logic there? Good. The way that I earn a living besides running the wellness center at the Stanford Inn is I created a meal plan system with Matt Frazier of the No Meat Athlete uh, fame. And that's nomeatathlete.com slash meal dash plan dash system. And it's Matt and my, really our small steps approach to help people uh, think less about food, spend less time on food, really, for real. And the other way is uh, is my new uh, company called smallsteppers.com. I'm very excited about that. It's going very, very well. So I thought today I would just read you a quick feedback because now people are finishing up and I'm getting these incredible emails. So I wanted to read you one really quick, just so you know, smallsteppers.com. Here's the feedback. Ready? Quote, the Small Steppers program has been a real boon to my life. I went from not having meditated in months to practicing again every day. Mind you, I started off at two minutes, but I'm doing it. I am now up to five minutes and will small step up to a time that feels right. But in the times of chaos and stress with two small children and marriage and full-time work, I won't be afraid to cut back if I have to. I also started a strength 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 program again three days a week a giant step for some but for me that was a small step and the right amount to start with i needed it and it feels great boom i mean i put the boom in there the boom is mine that was my own quote so end quote after great and then sid injects boom just to make my point known that's smallsteppers.com my 12-week program it kicks ass so instead of like it just go check it out all right you know what i'm saying okay what do I have coming up? Oh, man. Next week, Tampa. I mean, this has been a lot of travel, and it is wearing on me. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I miss my family terribly. I'm, not a, I'm kind of a homebody a little bit in, um, 
in my life. Uh, I was talking about this with a podcast listener, Liz, who I saw down here. She took me out to dinner to Native Foods. I mean, I'm like a, treated like a freaking royalty. We had a really nice conversation. She's incredible and helping me out a little bit on smallsteppers.com with a potential app, um, which is really exciting. And she's super cool. So that was really fun. Um, but man, I'm kind of a homebody and I really like being with my wife and children. And um, this is my third of four weekends in a row away. And it's uh, it's it's rough. The, you know, careful what you wish for. I want to be out there talking to people in groups and I'm doing that and it's incredible. I think probably I should have built in like a, a little bit of a break, um, at least one weekend. And so live and learn, right? So tomorrow go home three days later, fly back out to Tampa. Then I'm home probably almost for the rest of the year. So that's good news. I'm looking forward to that. So, but next week, November 4th, I will be in Tampa Bay, Florida, Tampa Bay vegfest.org on December 10th. Sanctuary Bistro, but that's in Berkeley, so that's an out and back for me, no, not an overnight. And then I've got stuff going on in um, in the new year, January 20th and 21st in Sedona, Arizona. Um, it looks like April, I'm going to Nashville, you guys. Nashville in April, and maybe the following week, like April 7th and then April 14th-ish, um, Wilmington, Kentucky. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, because they, they, people are hearing. They're hearing about the small steps approach. They're hearing about the nutty nut nut. It's spreading across the world. Am I, am I right? Yes, I don't know. Mm. Amber Ale. Amber Ale. Um, and so, yeah, and then New York in May, May 19th. You know, so I'll put all that stuff in the show notes, and you guys can get uh, links to that if you decide if you're in the area to come say hi. It would be a, it would be a nice thing for you to do. Uh, thanks to everybody who supports this podcast for real. However you do that, I just got a new review on my first book, Approaching the Natural Health Manifesto. My second book, Raising Healthy Parents, Review couple reviews on Amazon. So if you've read it or reading it and you want to throw me a review on that, that would be great. It's doing well. I'm very excited about that. Um, I, I hope it helps people. It was very fun to write. And I think it's a fun read. And it's supposed to be light and fun. And, and so there it goes. Um, and for people who've donated to the podcast, uh, thank you so much. I just got another really nice donation yesterday, uh, two, a couple, I got one that's three bucks a month. Cause here's the thing I said last week, if you want to take me out for a virtual coffee once a month, then a couple bucks a month. And here's why, because I don't order fancy pants coffee. That's not who I am. If you took me out for coffee, you would not be spending five bucks on me. I'm not going to order a latte caramelized freaking sweetener, milky, whatever. I don't even know. I drink coffee the way nature intended it, which is a pour over. That's how nature intended a, a coffee, approaching the natural. Go in nature, you will see. Nobody drinks coffee in that fancy pants way. In nature, in a tree, you're going to find little cones and little filters, and that's where the coffee goes through. That's the correct way. And black, nothing in it. So if you want to donate a virtual coffee to me, it's a couple bucks a month. Okay, did I just downsell you from a, a fancier donation? Yes, but I just want to be real. I'm not going to spend five bucks on a coffee, so don't spend five bucks on this podcast. But you have a couple bucks a month, great. It adds up, you guys. Thank you. I'm saving up for a new uh, podcast microphone, to be, to be, to be uh, frank. Okay, I already have my eye on it. It's in my Amazon cart as we speak. Uh, I just can't pull the trigger on it yet. Okay, so um, I was moved uh, to tears. Um by an ad I saw today in the hotel room. I will watch TV sometimes when I'm in a hotel because I'm like, okay, so this is what TV is. I don't have TV at home, so I, you know, we watch Netflix or whatever in movies, but I don't watch like TV. So I flipped it on. I was doing notes for this thing. I thought I'll turn the TV on. And there was a heart disease ad. 
And the thing was, people trying to get up and go do something with a family member. And the line was, you know, can we do this tomorrow? Because they're in pain, they're uncomfortable, they're not feeling well, the woman can't put her foot in the shoe because her foot's too big and swollen. All this while a song is being played, and I'm not going to make a joke about all the side effects, because to me, it's not a joke. It's like horrible. Like, why would anybody take any drug that has uncontrolled bowel whatever as a side effect? I Look, I'm just saying. Um, you may need that medication. I'm very clear on this. I'm not anti-Western medicine. I just think it's best minimized. I don't think any good doctor in the world would disagree with me on that. If you can avoid medication or minimize medication, how is that not a bad thing? Will you do that by minimizing stress in your life? Got it? You do it by minimizing stress in your life. That goes for the way you feed your body, but that's not the only thing. How many times do I have to get angry about that? You've just caused me stress, and now i got to think about that heart disease drug I was just telling you to freaking avoid. Ah, getting my ire up, whatever that means. Ireland probably is where that came from. Um, anyway, the music under this ad, Annie's Tomorrow. Tomorrow from Annie's. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow. The whole time I'm hearing the can we do this tomorrow, I'm hearing the tune and I'm going, where's that song? Where's that song? And then I was transported back to sixth grade, Christy Zimbalist singing freaking Annie in the bus on a field trip when I was in, 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 in elementary school. Now, I would have chosen Hard Knock Life. Hard Knock Life to me is a more fitting song for that heart disease ad. Hard Knock Life. That makes sense to me. If I own the rights to that, I would play that under every episode of this podcast forever. It's a hard knock life for us because it's a freaking hard knock life. Okay? Did I wrap a heart disease ad around to Annie? Yes, I did. Okay, I don't want to talk about how much I used to love those songs. I don't want to talk about it. It's embarrassing. I'm not that freaking transparent. Mm. Okay. One more thing before I get into, uh, well, a couple more things before I get into um, this, the, the episode, you know, subject, as it were. Um, one of those things is Garth Davis is a buddy of mine. He blurbed my new book, Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family, by the way. should have mentioned that title. He blurbed it. He's a good buddy of mine. He's been on my podcast a couple times. One was like a roundtable. One was a, a while ago to promote his book, Proteinaholic, which is a great book. He is featured in a movie out there now called What the Health that I've talked about uh, recently, even in this podcast, because you know it just sort of brings the nutty nut nuts out, out of the woodwork when there's a movie like that. And Garth is in it. And he's talking about diabetes as being more of a function of fat than it is carbohydrate, which is true. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of backlash and crazy stuff. So he goes on this TV show, something like The Doctors. I don't even know. I don't even. I don't even know. Um, the Doctors TV show. He was a guest, and he and he. So he did a blog post today, and or whatever when whatever it was it, recently, and talked about how basically he showed up and it was essentially just like an attack. I mean, he felt really attacked. But here's the thing. Be careful when you attack Garth Davis because Garth Davis knows what the hell he's talking about. And I mean in like the most informed way possible. He reads every word of this research. He is so over, um, not over knowledge. This is his job, okay? So this is like the thing for him because this is his job. Um, he is so informed. It's kind of it's kind of sick, Um but not because thank goodness for guys like Garth Davis. So anyway, he he wrote a blog piece, a blog post, and and 
you know, just fantastic. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to post, uh, I'll put that on the show notes, a, a link to that. So please, you know, write him a nice comment. He basically got ransacked. You know, he showed up to this thing to have a good debate and it's just, you know, the nutty nut nuts. And his thing is like, look, just, you know, read the science. If you don't read the science, then don't have a talk about it. If you have a talk about it, be informed. But they're just attacking him and trying to make him sound biased. He's like, I didn't become plant-based. I didn't. I wasn't plant-based and then made this argument. I, I, I became plant-based because I read the, the studies. When I had him on my podcast, his first book was like high protein. And I asked him at the time, and he told me at the time, he said, look, of all the things in my first book, um, everything in my first book, he said, was was supported by research except when I said people should eat high-protein diets. He goes, that was the only thing that wasn't research-supported. It was just the what you do. It was just what you do. When he actually started reading the research is when he said, wow, I've been wrong about this, how much courage that is. And then he writes Proteinaholic, which has a completely different bent on that and, and super well-informed. So... Again, I'm just going to throw that out there. I got Garth is back. I got Garth's back always because I know him. He's got integrity, and um, and he's a good guy. So I'm always going to freaking support him. Now, am I 100% fan of what the health? No, but I've talked about that. I, but I think the information is generally good in that in that movie, I and mean, I think it's great. But I don't want to get into that thing because that's just not my back. I'm about the way bigger picture than food. That's just me. There's no judgment on anybody, especially not Garth Davis. Thank goodness he's there. That's just not where I that's not where I'm at. I think we need everybody in this game in whatever whatever they want to bring to the table. I bring something else to the table. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, okay? All right, but you guys are getting me excited again. You guys are getting me my stress levels are going up. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I can just feel my arteries just they're just clenching up right now cuz I'm getting a little I'm getting a little aggravated. Okay. Let me take a deep breath. <sighs> Grab that moment back in the game. Boom. See how, see how we small stepped on that. Okay. One thing that came up in smallsteppers.com and I'm not promoting at this point smallsteppers.com. I'm just saying that now I'm relating this to you guys. And a lot of members, by the way, listen to this podcast, especially when they finish. They one woman was like, "What do I do?" And the other person was like, at the live Q and A, she was like, "You go, you you keep listening to the podcast. You know the system now. You go to the podcast and you kind of keep rolling on that level, which is super cool. It's why I come here every every week, right? Okay. Um, I want to talk about relationships and how it relates. How it relates. Whoa, yeah, I am that clever. Except for I totally did not get that till just now. But how it relates to relationships. Here's what I mean. I got a question, and it, 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 and it was uh, in a in a public forum in the in the live Q and A kind of thing. So, in very general terms, if you have if you let's say you're in a relationship and it's not things aren't going so well, um, how do you apply the small steps to that? And here's what I would say to that: small stepping for me is about you. It is about you in terms of how healthy and happy you are. It is about you in terms of your ability to communicate to others. Obviously, my book, Raising Healthy Parents, is about taking care of parents, you know, having parents take care of themselves so that they can parent in whatever style they choose, but they can do that better when they feel better. When they are healthier and happier, they can execute whatever parenting style they choose more effectively. 
same thing goes for any relationship in my in the way that I look at things is as you take better care of yourself, you can then communicate the way that is more in line with who you are. You can act more in line with who you are day to day, and that affects the everybody in your life. But if you have a relationship that's not going well, I would tend to 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 urge people not to have small steps that are directly related to the relationship itself. In other words, I don't even know what that would look like. What I'm saying is, is that if, if, if the thing for you in your life, the stress for you in your life happens to be a relationship, um, just uh, the analogy I'm going to use is when people come to me and they want to talk about food, 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 the first thing out of my mouth usually is let's, we're going to talk about food much later. Because that's like the main thing that you want to change. But for me, it's all your eggs are in that basket right now. And if I can sort of back things out a little bit and have you be more focused on a multitude of areas in your life and start small stepping those areas, then two things happen. One, your overall stress comes down. So you start feeling better already. And two, because of that, you can then at some point in the future address that relationship in a way that is more in line with who you are. You can either take steps to fix it, take steps to exit from it, but that's all dependent on you as a person, your own strength, getting that strength out. This is very important to me. And I want to be clear, I'm not a marriage counselor. And so I, I don't advise people, first of all, I don't really put steps, I don't tell people what steps to do, but I also don't advise people like, you know what you should do? You should, you know, and, and it's like, uh, that's not my bag. Now, I want you to be strong enough or or understand the strength you already have because that's how I look at it and I believe that to be freaking true to say if it's worth it for you to know that the relationship is worth it to you if it is and have the strength to then approach your partner and say, hey, we need to get help. I'm not happy here. Let's get help from a marriage counselor. Not from me, from a marriage counselor. And, and again, this is where it starts for me. It's that what I call holistic self-interest is that understanding that you are self-interested by design and to take advantage of that more and more to be more self-interested in a holistic way to understand the effect that you have in the world means you'll take steps to treat yourself really, really well so you can have a more positive effect in the world. And trust me, if you're not having a healthy relationship with somebody and you want out, the best thing to do is to treat them with respect and consideration and, and walk, go, have the strength to walk to them and say, listen, we got to finish this and let's get this done in an amicable way, in a way that's responsible. Or you say, um, you have the strength to say, let's get help because I'm not happy and I don't think you're happy and let's get this done in a, in a really great way and repair this thing. I'm not going to make that decision for you. It would be completely irresponsible for me to go, let me look at your relationship. You know what you should do is write your name in your books because pretty soon, probably in the next four days, I'm guessing you're going to be splitting up your books. And I, if I were you, I would definitely claim all the 80s movies and CDs, but that's just me, but that's what I would do. Okay, And that would be ridiculous if I did that. It would be as ridiculous if I said, hey, you know which antibiotic you should take. It's an overstep, and I don't overstep. Now, I, I want people to have the strength to say, I need help. If that's from Western medicine, fine. If that's from Ayurveda, fine. I don't care. I want you guys to act in line with who you are. That's where I step in. That's my, as I see my job, okay? And I am successful at it because I know where my line stops. And, and very quickly, because my best interest is your success 
that very quickly I can say to somebody, hey, this is where you go for that help. I wish more practitioners, frankly, were like that, like doctors when they are not doctors who are not trained in, in nutrition. Garth Davis is one of them who is. But doctors who aren't shouldn't advise on nutrition. They should just say, hey, this is a nutritional question. You should go find a nutritionist who can help you out in that regard. Again, I think we do better when we know our focus and when we act in line with that focus. Again, this I mean, I can swing it right back down to me and say the work I do in my own small steps practice is so that I, I'm very clear about always about who I am as a practitioner and who I want to be, who I truly, truly am, so that my advice is more in line with who I am. It all comes back to you guys. It all comes back to you guys. Dig? Okay. Mm. All right. So I just want to say that. You know, journal steps, deep breathing steps, integrated exercise steps, dietary steps, things that round you out, creativity steps, things that make you feel better day to day. When you walk in the door at the end of the day and your spouse is there and maybe there's some issues, but over time, things get resolved one way or the other is going to be dependent if they get resolved in a in a in a good way it's going to be dependent on you being in the right frame of mind to actually execute that to happen however you want it to happen okay i'm not going to dwell on it too much longer five four three two moving on dial back day boom what dial back day yeah i got it tomorrow i'm going to probably do it tomorrow maybe tuesday if you're just joining me hashtag dial back day one day a week where you kind of just dial things back. You start the clock a little bit over. For me, it's been changed. It was fruit only. It was now it is nothing until dinner and uh, feeling better for it. So I've been doing a lot of intermittent fasting. Interesting interesting thing. Joel Furman, who wrote a book, uh, uh, multiple books, but wrote a book called Eat to Live, was speaking at the same event. In fact, I helped him set up his uh, audiovisual, so I felt very um, like I'm his like a, I, I was kind of like Joel Furman's assistant for the day. I was like his I was like his guitar tech. I was like his roadie for he doesn't I did he did not know who I was. I cannot believe he did not know who I was. I mean, how can you not know the approaching the natural podcast on a philosophy podcast? I don't know how that's not world renowned. Anyway, he's in his talk, which was right next to the freaking table uh, where I was sitting. Um, he was talking about intermittent fasting. It's like hitting it. It's hitting it big. I mean, you know, I've been talking about it for a while. I may have already talked about it before freaking Joel Furman. I don't know. I'm kidding. I have no idea. Um, but super interesting that he incorporated that into his talk because the research on it is is pretty awesome. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I've been talking about it more with, with clients, with smallsteppers.com members, and just kind of throwing it out there just a little bit to say, hey, this is real. It's something that you should ease your way into if you're interested in it, in, in using this small steps approach. Um, like everything else, knowledge-wise, it is how you incorporate that if you want to create long-term change every time. Again, that's where I'm coming. Every week, I mean every week, every week, every day now, that's where I'm coming at. The knowledge is great. What do you do with it? How do you work the knowledge? How do you use the knowledge? That's what's missing in the marketplace for me. There's a ton of knowledge, but there's not a lot of advice on how you use it. And we tend to think, if I know something, I'm going all or nothing. And the all or nothing thing I have found does not work for everybody I've ever worked with. The all or nothing model does not work. Hey, I'm just saying, it doesn't work. Burnout, doing nothing. Burning out, doing nothing. Doing a ton, burning out, and then doing nothing. Doing a ton, burning out, and then doing nothing. It's called yo-yo dieting. It's it's everything else. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go bat out of hell tomorrow and 
chances are you're going to burn out. And when you do, you're going to feel bad about it or you're going to try to you know, compartmentalize it or something. And you're not setting yourself up for, up for success in the first place. So I'm stepping in saying enough of that. Enough of that rigmarole. Enough of that crap. If I have to be a little crass. Yeah? Okay. Um, you know, a lot of things I do in this podcast are just to kind of once a week talk to you guys and just kind of throw some things out to think about during the week. Just just, just moments where you can go, yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah, okay. Oh, I noticed this. I noticed this. I noticed this. No beating myself up, but just good to know. And then to say, okay, I can use this small steps approach to actually do something right away to now about the things that aren't quite working for me. Before things get too bad, what did I just do? Yes, I did. I seamlessly slipped right in to the subject of this week's podcast, tip the tipping point. Tip the tipping point. I repeat it as if it's going to make any more sense. It does not going to make sense. I can say it five more times. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. But I do want to talk about the tipping point, the point at which somebody says, I've had enough, that somebody says, I got to make a change. This is a very interesting time for me. I was talking about it um, recently with somebody that my my best clients, uh, my, just I, if I have a demographic or the people that, that my approach is most effective with, it's people who have come to me and said, I'm done. Like, I know, I understand. Like I've worked with 20-year-olds and it never quite works out that well. And I think the reason is because they don't have the life experience in a, in a ho- horrible way to say this, but they don't have a life experience enough to say, holy crap. I can't, the quick fix model really doesn't work. It's going to be tempting and enough. It's always going to be tempting, but it's at, at how many times can you be tempted by it? At which point you go, okay, I'm done here. Like I'm done and I'm not doing that anymore. Like I'm looking at smallsteppers.com and I'm going, everybody's sort of falling into this kind of 35 to 55, 60, 65, kind of that whole like, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, got swept up into it like I did personally, right? And then it's like, yeah, we're done here. It's a tipping point at which you say, I'm done. Early on when I was doing, you know, straight up nutrition in the beginning, the the sort of morbid truth was that my best clients were people who were already sick. I know that's a horrible thing to say, but it's just true. People who were already had cancer, people who already had diabetes, their tipping point was was right there right there. And they were ready to take on my recommendations because they had hit their tipping point. What I'm interested in now, and and of course, again, like people who are already sick, like my small steps approach happens, the, the most common misconception, I'll repeat it again, I should just do it every week because it still comes up. A small step by my definition, how I define small steps, is something you add into your life that keeps you in the adaptive stress realm that is not too much that you burn out and not too little that you stagnate. Somebody's small step may be way bigger than somebody else's because they're at a place where they're ready to take on a whole bunch without being too stressed by that. Somebody who is already sick might make a ginormous change in their diet overnight because it's not stressful for them. They're at that place and they're like, good, done. Got it. I'm ready. Give it to me. I'm ready to go. My job is to make sure somebody learns how to do that for themselves because that's my job. That's my small. I'm a small steps coach because that's my forte is helping people and empower people 
to, to find moments to be able to check in with themselves, to be more aware over time of when they are overwhelmed, to be more, over, to be more aware over time of when they maybe are ready to take on more than they thought they were. These are the, these are the tools that I'm helping people learn. But what I want to do with people is, is avoid the tipping point that is a result of not being aware enough in your life. In other words, the busyness of our lives and all the responsibilities and obligations means that sometimes we, when we get a moment, we realize how bad it's gotten. I believe the strength of my approach is to say, let's not get it that bad. Let's not go all the way there. Let's build in moments now. And if you already if you already have a thing like this, maybe doesn't apply to you. So fine. But for many people, for most people that are listening to this podcast and 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 you know doing smallsteppers.com, I want to move up the what I mean by tip. The tipping point is sort of move it, get it earlier, and you get it earlier by increasing your awareness in your own life of when things are downtrending. The goal is, is it, here's, here's the thing. It, it, it's not to be aware earlier that things are so, so horrible. That's not what I'm going for. What I want to do is help each of you get that thing in you that's out already to see when there's, again, when there's a trend. When you go, in this direction that I'm heading right now, there's, these things are not working for me. And, and, and because of that, I'm going to now make a move earlier than I would have if I were closing my eyes to this and letting it get so bad that then it's like I'm forced to make that move. Now, there's a gamble about this. Here's a gamble. Let's say you kind of start you know, noticing things aren't going very well for you. Uh, health. Let's let's use the health thing. Okay, you're not feeling well. You can kind of see the trends. You're you know gaining, putting some extra weight on. You're you know inflammation, a little achy. You're you know all the signs. Your body's telling you like, hey, knock knock. You know things aren't going so well for me. I'm getting sick more often. All these things. Weight. One of the things, guys. Get it right. One of the things. One of the things. Okay. The gamble is you maybe start making moves. You start changing your diet. You start moving your body, and you're kind of okay. But the gamble is, what happens if you make changes and you start eating healthier, but maybe maybe you would have never gotten sick. Maybe you would have never gotten diabetes or the thing that you're trying to head off. And now you're like, I made all these changes, and I probably would have never gotten that. Hence, what I say every week, almost, which is this is a bigger issue than food in this example. It's a bigger issue than food. And it's the reason why when I advise people to make changes... I want them to understand that any change in in one of your areas that that is maybe restrictive in that area is for the improvement of your entire life. That's why it is all for me about getting your head in the right place before you make these changes because then it's no gamble. To me, it's like worst case scenario is you start eating healthier. Maybe you would have never gotten diabetes. Maybe you would have never gotten cancer, but you realize it's not about what you may or may not get in the future. That you have your tipping point is to, is is moved so early that it's not when things have gotten horrible, and you're not doing something to avoid something horrible five years from now. You're doing something to make your life better today. 
the now of small stepping is that your life improves today. This is really not about the future. And this is the big sell and the big challenge I have in some in somebody eating healthier is I've got to help them get their head in the right place that this is not about lowering your chances of getting some major thing and having some major tipping point five years from now where you're like, I have a heart attack and now you've got to watch that stupid ad. It's not stupid. It's fa- actually fantastic. It's a great, it was a great ad. It was great. I mean, anything that Annie is under is going to be great. But I don't want you to get to that point. I don't want your tipping point to be where you wake up because something in the world smacks you in, over the head and now you're forced, when you may not be ready to, to come to terms with something major. Could it happen anyway? Of course. It could happen anyway. And that's the other thing is that the gamble is you can make these changes to your diet. You can make these changes and you still could have something happen. And I don't want you to look back and go, I might as well have eaten chicken fried steak. Why did I, why did I change my diet? I might as well have eaten chicken fried steak. I had a heart attack anyway. And I'm still going to tell you. That if you follow my approach and you ease your way in, you're improving your life today. It doesn't matter if you have a heart attack five years from now. Then you've spent the, the last five years kicking ass. You might still have that. I've said this before. I'm a nutritionist for crying out loud. But I have stress in my life. I eat really well so that I minimize that stress. I, I exercise in a way that minimizes stress, doesn't add stress. But the, the stress of my life is real. It's there. It's living in the modern world. I could get sick tomorrow. I could have a heart attack. I could have a stroke. There are guys my age, friends, people I know dying, people I know having strokes. It's happening. I just want to minimize it and know that I'm doing what I can for myself to minimize those chances. But I also don't want to have something happen and me say, well, why didn't I just freaking smoke? I might as well have been smoking cigarettes for the last five years because that's not what it's about. It's not about the future. It is not about the future. It is about you taking control of your life. And if you do a diet, then yeah, you're going to look back and go, why did I waste that three months? Because it was a nightmare. Well, small stepping isn't a nightmare. Small stepping is empowerment. Small stepping is self-confidence. Small stepping is self-esteem. Small stepping is action. Small stepping is living an example for yourself and for the people in your life that you're not giving up control of who you are to the world. I don't want people to get to that the typical tipping point, which is something smacking you in the face, so major. I don't want things to get so bad. Is it a gamble? Yeah, maybe they won't get as bad as you think they might get. And then you realize neither here nor freaking there. Instead, you act, you engage in your life, and you start to understand that you are calling the shots more than you ever thought that you were. And by doing that, you never get to that major tipping point. You never get to the thing, potentially, that is... So major. And if you do, how much better prepared are you? How much better prepared are you that if you start small stepping now, before things get too gnarly, you learn the system of improving your life in ways, in a multitude of ways. You know how to do that. You know how to keep yourself at low stress. And then worst case scenario, something major happens. But look how prepared you are to handle that in a much more, a, a much less stressful way, to handle that in a much more confident way. To say, okay, this thing happened, and five years ago, I would have freaked out. It would have been the end of me. But now that I know how to understand about moments, and I know how to look for moments that are are joyful, that already exist, I know how to find moments to spend time thinking about me. I've got all those things in place. And this thing happened, and it's horrible, but look how much better I'm handling it because of the work that I did starting today. 
starting today because I took on the work of knowing what was not working for me and not beating myself up about that, not even trying not to do those things, but instead saying, I'm going to start adding in, in, a, in, in 10 different ways, in creativity and socializing and diet and fitness and journaling and, and deep breathing. And I'm going to add all these things in, in ways that enhance my life today. And if something happens that's major in my life, how much better prepared will I be? Because I've been doing the training. I started training myself. That's worst case scenario. Best case scenario is you head off something that is would have been major if you had continued on the downtrend. Small stepping today allows you, it, it, it informs you. Small stepping informs you. It, you. You learn how to look for moments, and in those moments is built awareness. And increased awareness means you are more aware over time and quicker of things that are not working for you. It's a weird thing, but we are so locked into the routines and habits of our lives, even when they're not working, because we identify with those things. We think that they are who we are, but they're actually factually not necessarily who we are. That's a fact, not an argument. I'm just saying that if you're unhappy that you're overweight, it's because you're not a person who is overweight and you're living that way and it's in conflict with who you are. You don't fashion yourself as somebody who's overweight because you're unhappy with it. If you're unhappy with it, it's not what you stand for. But that's awareness. That's you of saying, you know what? This doesn't actually work for me. I, I'm a, I've described myself as a binge eater. I've described myself as an overeater. I don't feel good about those things. I'm saying capitalize on the knowledge that you don't feel good about it. Because that's the fact of who you are is somebody who does not feel good about those things because you don't value those things. You're not somebody who values those things. You're not somebody who likes those things. Now that person starts to come out. That's an awareness issue. And that is a way that the tipping point never actually occurs because you quick, more quickly see those truths in your own life. And then once you see those truths in your own life, you know how to responsibly... I know that sounds kind of dry and boring, but responsibly take those things on in a way that is additive and positive. Not, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop overeating, but I'll go ahead and keep overeating for now. That's kind of a more control kind of way to say it, right? I'm going to keep overeating for now. I'm not going to deal with that yet, but I'm going to bring in all these other things in my life because I realize that I overeat as a result of stress in my life. Overeating is a, is a, is a, is a solution, as I say. So let me figure out why I tend to overeat. Let me look at why I binge. What are the circumstances around that? And this is all this kind of thinking, this increased awareness that is the, the, the stuff of making your life better in the freaking moment right now, right now, before things get so bad that you have that major tipping point. And at that point, you have no training whatsoever to you have this tipping point where you're like, I've got to change. I want to change everything right now. And guess what's going to sweep in and go, hey, I got something for you. I, you, you if you want to change right now, I got something for you. I can hand you this thing. And it's easy. It just takes 21 days. And you're going to take it. You're going to take it because you want it. You're done. You, you're at the tipping point. I can't do this anymore. And you're going to sweep right into that quick fix model. And the cycle will continue because then you're going to take on too much, get too stressed, and burn out. And then you're going to have another freaking tipping point at some point, and you're going to boom, boom, boom. And eventually, you're going to be over it. And guess what you're going to do? Small step. Start it now. Start small stepping now, you guys. Save yourself the freaking hassle. Save yourself the freaking hassle. All right?
I think I'm going to end it there. I'm in a hotel. I think they're like the baseball game is going on. There's like a big party down there. I feel like I should like put on a jersey and go go down there and drink some Coors Light. Like I really feel like I could feel in my brain, like in my whole body, my whole of my soul. I feel like I should go down and have a silver bullet wearing some sort of uniform. It's weird. It's the weirdest thing. It must be like a genetic uh, disposition. All right, you guys. I'm flying back tomorrow to see my family for three days before I fly out yet again. And um, thank you, everybody, for for the kind emails that I get and for the donations and the reviews and just the support. It's, it's um, you know, if you guys are not podcasters, you'll know, you, I'll tell you this. Um, we're a kind of an odd breed uh, in a way. It's a kind of a weird thing to kind of sit in a hotel room and, and, and podcast right now and know that this is going to go all over the world. And the connections that I crave, that I get when I speak at, at, at events like this are great. But also the emails I get from you guys um, just provide connection that I, that I crave and need and it's good for me and it helps me, inspires me to come back here every week. So it's, it's, it's a thank you. Um, there's a, I got one from Australia. I'm, 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 I'm about to email some people back that I got really nice, really nice, like moving, just, just cool, you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm not going to get like, you know, mushy about it. I'm just saying. Um, and if you feel like emailing me, um, podcast at sidgarzahillman.com podcast at Sid GarzaHillman.com. All right, you guys. Listen, I'm going to come back next week for episode, what, 216? 216 weeks in a row, you say? 216 weeks in a row? Yes, and I may even broadcast or podcast from Tampa Bay, Florida. So if you're in Florida, will you come visit me? Will you come visit me? Just come by. Just come by. Will you come by and maybe bring me? One of the podcast listeners who took me out to dinner also brought me a double Americano to the table. I mean, I'm like the king of freaking some Uruguay, I felt I feel like sometimes. All right, you guys. Listen, before next week, I've never asked you to do this before in all 215 episodes, but before next week, if you could do me a quick favor, before I come back next week for next week's episode 216, be well.
trusting Wondering Where the hell the world came from Climbed a great wall Sin. 